everybody doing? My name is Christian Wagner and I'm the Militant Thomist. So we're going to be getting into, <coughs> sorry, episode two, uh, talking about the life of Pope Pius X. And sorry about the changing background yet again. Maybe I should do like one of the background thingies. I don't know. They sometimes kind of look weird. Maybe I shouldn't. I'm uh, visiting my parents right now and it's two o'clock in the morning. And uh, because of my sleep schedule, um, just nobody's up right now. So I figured I'd just get some videos recorded for you guys. So enough about myself. Um, if you're really enjoying what I'm doing, would like to help, um, then please become a patron, patreon.com slash militantomist. And if you can't become a patron, then that's fine. Um, share the video with friends, uh, get the word out. Um, that really helps me out to make sure I can keep doing some good content. Okay, let's get into the life of Pope St. Pius X. So if you remember last time, I kind of went over the early life of Pope St. Pius X, um, his childhood, um, his tenure in seminary, his cherry-stealing ways, and, uh, and su stuff like that. And we kind of left off um, abruptly with him graduating seminary and then getting a dispensation from Rome to be ordained a year early as a priest. So he, to, so now he is sent to Tombolo, Italy, and to to kind of understand the situation he was in in Tombolo. Uh, it was a very small town. Uh, there wasn't any industrial growth. It was a farming town. Some. So you can imagine that this wasn't exactly the most prestigious position for a young priest to be sent to all of the farmers to give them uh, the sacraments. You can imagine that this wasn't uh, the dream of every young seminarian to be sent to such a place like this. Um, but when he, it, it's kind of funny, when he arrived at 23 years old, the the town was pious generally it was it was a general mid-19th century italian town so it was solidly catholic everybody was catholic but he was struck with um with a certain degree of scandal because of the dirty mouths of the townspeople they they really like to uh they really like to curse and he really didn't like that uh, when he arrived, and that'll be important a little bit later with one of the stories from this period in his life. 
So the rector of the parish he was assigned to, he was a he was a good good priest. He loved sacred music and scripture and the fathers and theology, just like young Pius did. But he was often sick. He was bedridden a lot of the time, so he was kind of being thrown right into the deep end, so to speak. He had to do a lot of work and catch up a lot from the work that the rector couldn't do from his frequent sickness. But the rector of the parish, he was very impressed by the zeal of Pius. And it was actually said that at this time, at the arrival of Pius, that he prophesied that he would one day be a bishop and that he might even be pope. And he also said that during this time that Pius was so pious, hence the name, Pius was so incredibly pious and zealous and learned that he said that he learned more from Pius than Pius learned from him. And this is a pretty incredible statement because this guy was obviously older, so he had been a priest for decades, and Pius was fresh out of seminary. So it was here that Pius first became uh, uh, famous in that niche sect of of rural Italy, and uh, you would have uh, him giving homilies throughout the area because all of the other churches would would ask him to come and to preach because of how good his homilies were. They were very deep. They were elegant. They were moving. Elegant. I meant eloquent, but I guess you could also say they were elegant. So during this time, Pius really showed his his zeal, his apostolic zeal. And it is said that Pius would spend most of the night studying and in mystical contemplation. And then he would be up first thing in the morning. So Pius said that he, well, I think this was somebody who said about Pius that he only slept for about four hours a night throughout his life because he would spend most of his nights praying and studying and doing such like that. So since his priest was very sick, uh, Pius would wake up early in the morning. He would set up the the church for daily mass, and he would usually let his rector stay in bed. And then he would go and uh, go and get him when everything was set up, so he so his his priest could come and celebrate mass. But oftentimes he was too sick to celebrate mass, so Pius would let him stay in bed and rest. And he would celebrate and preach twice every day. And throughout the rest of the day, he would often care for his priest and give him um, whatever he needed, because when you're bedridden, uh, you need that. And I thought it was also interesting is this is very um, unfamiliar to us that there would be two masses celebrated in a day that's that's really weird to us and that he would be preaching twice every day but this was again before vatican ii so there wasn't con celebration so really they would the parishioners would be expecting um the amount of masses as there were priests so since they had two priests he would expect there to be two masses every single day so Pius took care of all of that which is which is a good bit of work uh preaching twice a day is is not the easiest thing in the world so when it comes to the kids of the town, he realized that all these kids were, they were country kids just like he was. So they were not educated. They didn't have too good of a school. A lot of them couldn't even read or write. So Pius decided that he was going to start a school for the kids so that they could learn how to read and write, which back then that was huge because that opened up 
um, further levels of education for them to be able to uh, go past the sort of local schooling. And if they wanted to, to go to grammar school and then um, they could study whatever they wanted to. But the the kids, they were quite shocked at this and they asked Pius, they're like, um, are we going to give you money for this? Uh, you should you should really be taking money because you're giving us a service. And that, that would be what was normal back then. And Pius told them in order to deal with the problem of the the um, dirty mouths of the, the townspeople, he said that as long as they stopped cursing, then he would let them um, he would let them learn from him for free. So he kind of kind of got uh, got his way through that, and then also through his preaching, he was he was said to be very zealous when it came to rebuking uh, the townspeople for for their dirty mouths. And then he also, when he was there, and remember uh, from from last episode that he had a very very deep love for sacred music for Gregorian chant. So what he did is he decided to teach all of these townspeople Gregorian chant, which is quite interesting if if you really think about it. So he started a choir and he began to beautify the liturgy um, that that they had in that town. And then also uh, when it came to the acolytes, uh, during so you can see he was very busy. So he would teach the young acolytes if they showed any interest in becoming a priest, he would teach them Latin so they could go to grammar school and then go to seminary. So he was the the root of a lot of vocations, even among the poor kids, because remember, Pius himself was a poor kid. And if you didn't know Latin, then there was really no use. And uh, your future was really close to you, even if you wanted to uh, be a priest. So as I said before, since he was such an eloquent preacher and everybody loved him and he got a bit of fame in the in the local area. He would often get invited around the area to preach. And uh, when, I, I don't know if it's still this way now, I'm not sure how, how this works. But then when you would go to a parish to preach and to celebrate mass, the you would get part of the collection. So they would give you money for coming and uh, and having to travel and take time out of your week to come and preach and to celebrate mass. But it was said that when Pius would would go on his way home, that by the time that he got home, he would have no money left because he would feel really, really bad for a lot of the the very poor people. And he would, by the time he got home, have given all the money away to the poor. So uh, another another funny story about this. So it was said that um, there was a parish in the town over whose priests got really sick and he couldn't celebrate mass on a pretty major feast day. So what the priest did is the priest contacted Pius's rector and asked him if, if he could have Pius come and preach. And this was the day of, and then Pius was like, uh, I can't really preach because, you know, I, this is last second. I can't prepare a homily in time that would be good for them. And that wouldn't be necessarily okay. So uh, Pius's rector decided to uh, bind him to obedience and say, look, I'm not asking you to go preach. I'm telling you to go preach. So he, he has the obedient son. He was said, okay, I guess I will. And he arrived at the parish and it was about an hour before mass started. So the, the people, uh, I don't know who it was, somebody 
at the parish, I guess he was taking care of, uh, taking care of uh, getting everything set up, said, said to Pius, look, we have this room for you. If you, if you want to, you can hang out there for an hour and try to try to cobble together a sermon. And he had none of his library, none of his books. He basically just had um, nothing on him. So Pius uh, in that hour prepared his homily. And it was said that it was one of the best homilies that they had ever heard. People were just flipping out because of how great a preacher he was. That that's something which uh, all of the sources really highlight is his his homiletical abilities. And in in that hour, he had prepared one of the the best sermons he ever preached. So another story from this time is that um, obviously we've seen time and time again through all of these various stories and uh, his actions that he was. An extremely pious man. He was extremely kind to the poor. So when the the cook of of um, of the presbytery he got sick um, and he couldn't cook for for the priests. So Pius decided that rather than um, the cook not being paid and rather than the the cook them not having food. Pius decided that he was both going to nurse him back to health so he'd be able to work in the future. He took care of him. And this was this was another thread that runs through Pius's life is taking care of the sick. And then he also decided to take his place. So Pius was the presbytery cook while this guy was sick. And he cooked all of their meals and gave the money for from that the cook got. He just gave him back to the cook and said, look, you, you need the money. So I'm just going to do your job and you can still get paid and I'll take care of you and everything. So after he, he was, um, he was at this parish for, I think about eight years. So this was near the, the end of when he left the parish, his rector became very distressed because he obviously realized that he had somebody special here in Pius, Pius was somebody who was going to have a very uh, bright future ahead of him. And he was very, very sad that Pius hadn't really had many opportunities because this was a very small rural parish. So he kind of went behind Pius's back and he called, he didn't call up because, you know, they didn't have phones back then, but I guess he wrote the canons of the cathedral. And he convinced the canons of the cathedral to invite Pius to preach at the cathedral in Padua on the Feast of St. Anthony. Now, this uh, this was a huge honor. This was a big deal. Like in 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 a Catholic in a truly Catholic nation, when you have the the patron saints feast and you have the the mass for that day, that was a huge deal. Everybody got off of work. Everybody in the whole town and in the surrounding towns and uh, and other people came to to go to the cathedral in order to sell in order to uh, be at the mass. And they usually had somebody very distinguished. They would have a bishop or one of the more important priests in the diocese to come and come and preach at the church for the feast. And then the day came and there was a tradition, at least at this cathedral, that they would make everybody wait until the last second, until the, the mass started, before they would find out who was preaching. And everybody was extremely annoyed because 
they found out it was some young guy who was like 30 years old and he was from uh from some village out in the uh out in the wild <laughs> at least that's he was some poor priest and uh they were extremely upset that they had given him this honor and they thought it was going to be horrible but to the contrary they they weren't expecting this but pius was one of the most eloquent uh, uh, preachers of his time and he preached for over an hour and if you if you know catholic homiletics preaching over an hour is unheard of and everybody just went nuts they just loved this ser- they loved the sermon they loved pious they they were freaking out about how great of a preacher he was so in 1867 uh pious got a new call and was appointed the rector of Salzano. So Salzano was a much more affluent town than Tombolo. It had a huge parish. It was a very beautiful parish, and it also had a lot of money. So Pius's salary shot up. And I forgot to add this before, but it is said that in um, in his previous post that Pius would basically uh, not only give away the, his money that he got from preaching, but he would basically just give away all his money. So Pius had absolutely no money. <laughs> he would just give it all away uh, to the poor, even though uh, it was a small country parish. So he's barely getting any money anyways. But here he was getting a lot of money. And then the people were, again, were very upset at at this area because they heard that there was some young uh, 30-something-year-old priest who who was from this uh, town of Tombolo. This was seen as like some, some trashy uh, town in the all, all way out in the sticks. They were extremely upset that they were having this guy become their new priest. But again, they were, when they, when they heard him preach, they were just struck. They were in awe about how wonderful pious would preach. But uh, as I mentioned, he was getting a lot of, well, a lot relatively, he was getting a lot of money from being the priest of this bigger parish, but he saw this as an opportunity for even more virtue. So rather than uh, keeping some more money, he just gave it all away again. And at this time, his his sister actually came and uh, helped him out and uh, took care of a lot of the um I don't know, like cleaning and laundry and stuff. He, she took care of a lot of the day-to-day of his life because he didn't have a wife. So his sister came and, and stayed with him. And it was said that Pius gave away so much money that his sister, when cooking dinner one, one night, was like, look, Pius, we we have no money. Like, we have no food. Like, we have these we have these eggs. That's all we have. Um, what, what are you going to, you have to stop giving away so much money. And Pius is like, well, I guess we're having eggs for dinner tonight. Uh, I'm still going to give away money. And he, it, it just shows that he was very unrelenting with this. And uh, it, it was said that at this time of his life, that Pius was just skin and bones because he, he just wasn't eating. He would just give away all his money because he, he saw, he had charity towards all of the poor of the area. And as long as they were still poor, he would still be giving away all of his money and and barely eating anything. So there's a, there's another story where his former rector came to visit Pius um, in his, in his new position. So he came and his sister decided to devise a plot. 
because Pius at this time, he basically all he had was, was his cassock. <laughs> That's all he had. He didn't even have a, have a shirt. He would just wear his cassock all the time and in some tattered shirt underneath. So his sister decided that Pius really, really needed a shirt. So she talked to his former, former priest and said, Hey, look, we need to, we need to really get Pius to buy a new shirt. He needs a new shirt so bad. And, and his former priest was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go and, and talk to him. I'll convince him. Don't worry about it. So he went up to Pius and was like, Hey, Pius, you really need to buy a new shirt. Like, come on, there's, there's a guy coming into town tomorrow. Who's a shirt weaver. I don't know what they're called. He's a clothes maker. You, you can take the money that you got today and you can just buy a new shirt. And Pius was like, what, well, what do you mean? I don't need a new shirt. I already have a shirt. Like, what are you talking about? I still have a shirt. I don't need a new one. I'll just give away the money to the poor. They need shirts. They don't have shirts. I don't need one. So, uh, they, they, they came back in, in dejection that their, their plot had been foiled by Pius and they came together and were talking and his priest said, look, I have, I have another idea. So when the, when the shirt maker came into town, uh, his priest was like, okay, Pius, let's, uh, I'm going to go into town and buy some stuff since I'm visiting. If, would you like to join me? And Pius was like, oh yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll join you. So they, they went into town and they, they visited the shirt maker and, um, and his priest had, uh, gotten all the measurements and got the, the shirt cut and everything and made and then turned to Pius and was like, look, here's your shirt. You need to pay for it now. <laughs> and Pius obviously felt really bad because they already made the shirt. So it's not like you, you could really return stuff back then. So he had, uh, he had foiled Pius's um, very uh, strong devotion of uh, poverty so then also at this time, Pius, anything that he did have at at his his place, anything he did have, he would just let everybody borrow, let everybody use. If people took it, he didn't care. He was he, he just had so much detachment from the world. And he had a horse there, which would which would uh, pull the carriage and, and do stuff like that. So people would often come by and ask to borrow the 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 parish horse and he said that yeah this is, is kind of crazy this is like <laughs> like 1850 1860s uh, i guess it would be 1870s at this point 1870s england that mina italy this was not normal <laughs> like having horses i guess that would be normal considering i guess kind of now you have priests who have like parish cars so i guess it's not too crazy so he would just let everybody borrow the horse and then somebody used the horse one time and I don't, I don't know how this happens. I'm, I'm not a keeper of horses, but the, the person had accidentally broken all of the knees of the horse. And I don't get how that, how that works. I don't get how you accidentally just break all four knees of a horse. And, and the guy came and he's like, look, father Pius, I'm, I'm very sorry. I broke all the knees of your, of the parish horse. And Pius is like, God, oh, it's fine. I will just uh, sell the carriage and I'll give all the money to the poor. Uh, thank you for, for uh, letting me uh, deny myself even more. That, that was, that's just the kind of guy that, that Pius was. 
So also during this time, there was a, uh, a severe plague that, that had broken out in, in Italy. And during this, he, he just worked himself uh, almost to death. He would, he got sick multiple times. He would be giving last rites. He'd be caring for people when they were sick. He'd be getting them food. He would be giving money to, to people. He was just given all that he had to take care of people. And he refused to uh, let anything stop him. He would be giving the sacraments no matter what. He even learned, it, it said that he uh, read up on medical sciences so he could more effectively teach people how to prevent the disease and uh, more effectively care for people. And he was just a superstar at this point. But again, he was giving away all of his money, barely eating, getting sick multiple times from, from the plague. And he was, he was almost on the brink of death because he was just never sleeping, always working, studying. He, he just, he, he gave it all he had. He was a very zealous man. And somebody had to write to his bishop <laughs> in order to say, like, look, Pius is literally going to die if you don't intervene and tell him to start taking better care of himself. So at, at this point, uh, Pius's virtue of obedience took over and he um, he decided to obey and to uh, give himself a little bit more food and to uh, to take care of himself a little bit more. So that's uh, now that's the the period of uh, when he was a priest. So that's about all. Next, we'll be talking about his his position as a bishop. So uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you just destroy that subscribe button. Just uh, do what the one guy did to the horse's knees to that subscribe button down there. And uh, and uh, that's all I can think about. So um, thank you and God bless. Glory.